Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the covenants of the Lord as we pick up in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. When God brings you into the land and casts out these enemies that are bigger and stronger than you are, and he delivers them from before you and smites them and destroys them, you're not to make any covenant with them nor show any mercy unto them. Neither shall you make any marriages with them, for they will turn away your son from following me that they may serve other gods, and so will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and you be destroyed suddenly. But you shall deal with them and destroy their altars, break down their images, cut down their groves, burn their graven images in the fire. For thou art a holy or a separated people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord did set his love upon you, did not set his love upon you, nor choose you because you were more in number than the people for you were the fewest of all, but because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house when you were bondmen in the hand of the Pharaoh in Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenants and mercies with those that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Now earlier <clears throat> we'd skipped over the, the law the second time through because we'd gone through it in Exodus. But in the law, he said for he actually brings judgment upon the third and fourth generations to those that hate him. But now here he declares that he shows mercy to a thousand generations to those that follow him. So how important that we follow the covenants of the Lord. Now in verse 12, Wherefore it shall come to pass, if ye will hearken to these judgments, and keep and do them, that the Lord shall keep unto thee the covenant of mercy which he swore to your fathers. And he will love thee, and bless thee, and multiply thee. So they are a special people. They, are need to, they need to be aware of the special privileges, even as you today are a special people unto God. Separate, holy, chosen. And God didn't choose you because you're so good looking or because you were so lovable. But here is the sovereign grace of God in choosing. He chose you because he chose you, because he wanted to choose you, and he has the right to choose whoever he wants. Oh, how I thank God for choosing me. What a thrill, what a blessing that God has chosen me. Now, some people get upset with the fact that God chooses. But you really shouldn't. God has every right to choose who he wants to associate with, even as you have the right to choose who you want to associate with. Why should I deny God, the rights that I want for myself. 
There are some people I don't choose to associate with at all. Not that I'm snobbish or anything else, but their, their lifestyles are just so diverse from mine, there, there's nothing that we could share in common. I really choose not to have any fellowship, close fellowship with people who smoke cigars. I can't stand the smell. <laughs> no, I have that right to choose not to get in a car and be polluted. <laughs> and God has a right to choose who he wants to associate with. That doesn't bother me at all. It thrills me to think that he chose me and he chose to associate with me. That is what really excites me. You say, but that isn't fair if God chooses not to associate with some people. I don't know if it's fair or not, but that's the right that God has and he has exercised that right. And who are you to challenge the fairness of God? You say, but he may not have chosen me. Oh, how do you know? Well, I'm not a Christian. Well, why aren't you a Christian? No, I don't know. I've never seen the need to be one. Well, do you want to be a Christian? No. Then maybe he didn't choose you. <laughs> but don't blame him. You haven't chosen him either, have you? Now, let me assure you this. He has never rejected anyone either. But he sort of leaves the choice up to you. And he says, choose you this day whom you will serve. And he said, whosoever comes unto me, I will in no wise cast out. So if you don't know if he's chosen you or not, just accept Jesus Christ and you'll find out he did. <laughs> and then you won't argue with it anymore because he chose you and after all, why should you argue with that? <laughs> you say, but I don't want to accept him. Well then, that's your problem. He probably didn't choose you and You're in bad shape. But here God elected by his own sovereign will to choose these people, not because they were so great, not because they were so faithful or anything else, just he exercised his power of choice. His love for their fathers, the faithfulness of Abraham, that he made the promise to Abraham that through him, through his seed, would the Messiah come, all the nations of the earth be blessed. And so they are actually reaping the benefits of the faith of their father Abraham. Now, the warning, again, to keep the commandments, do them, and so God will keep you, and he will love you and bless you and multiply you. He'll bless the fruit of your womb, the fruit of the land, your corn, your wine, your oil, the increase of your cows and the flocks and your sheep and the land which he swore to give to your fathers, and you will be blessed above all the people, and there shall not be a male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. Now, Again, this is the covenant that God is making. It's a conditional covenant. If you will obey, if you will do, if you will keep. 
Now it is interesting as you go back into the commandments of the Lord, much of what you read in Exodus and Leviticus is health codes. God tells them the kind of food they ought to eat. No junk food. Now, it isn't really right for you to just put all kinds of junk into your body and then ask God to keep you strong and healthy. And so God gave to them laws that dealt with their diet, laws that dealt with sanitation. And then he says, now, if you will keep these laws, if you'll do them, obey them, then none of the diseases that came upon the Egyptians will come upon you. Why? because you're following the good health practices that God has laid out. I think that it is wrong to deliberately dissipate our bodies and then ask God to keep us in good health. I think that he has given us good sense to use. And these promises of none of these diseases were conditional promises upon their doing and keeping, obeying the commandment and the law of God. Thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord shall deliver to you. You're not to have pity upon them, neither shall you serve their gods, for that will be a snare to you. And if you shall say in your heart, the nations are more than we are, how can we dispossess them? Thou shalt not be afraid of them. But remember the Lord thy God did to Pharaoh and all of Egypt. And moreover, God will send the hornets in front of you to drive out the inhabitants. He'll not destroy them all at once, lest the wild beasts increase upon the field and all. But little by little, you'll conquer the land. And the Lord will deliver to you and destroy them with a mighty destruction and so forth. Moses continues with the warnings. Now these are important because... If they fail at this point to enter in, then who knows what would have happened. It's so important that they not become frightened and, and that they not lose faith and hesitate again. It's important that they go in and conquer the land. So Moses is doing all that he can to build them up and bolster their faith and their confidence in God. And all the commandments which I command thee this day you shall observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land. Now shalt remember all the way the Lord thy God led thee for these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Now, who was the proving for? All the way through these 40 years in the wilderness, God led thee to humble thee and to prove thee, to see whether or not you keep the commandments. Not to prove to God. He knew from the beginning. But to prove to themselves. Now, many times God puts us through tests not to prove to him anything about us. He already knows about us. But it's to prove to us. Sometimes we think that we are stronger than we really are. God puts us through a test to show us how weak we are and how we've got to depend upon him. We can't depend or rely upon ourselves. We've got to rely upon the Lord. And God will oftentimes just put us through tests to prove us, to show to us our areas of weakness, that we would not have confidence in our flesh, but that our confidence would be in the living God. 
And so God's purpose was to humble them and to prove to them whether or not they would keep the commandments through the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And he humbled thee and allowed thee to hunger and he fed thee with manna that ye might know or make you to know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. Oh, another one that Jesus quoted to Satan. As Satan said, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus quoted this particular verse out of Deuteronomy. It is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And thy raiment wax not old upon thee, neither did your feet swell for 40 years. Can you imagine that? wearing the same clothes for 40 years, and your feet not swelling in all of that walking in the wilderness? Well, that's a miracle. Through the 40 years, your, your clothes didn't get old and your feet didn't swell. Thou shalt also consider in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Now, there are some people today who are despising the chastening of the Lord. They are teaching that you don't need to be chastened of God. That all you have to do is lay claim. Make your positive confessions. That God doesn't chasten. Well, there are certain ones that God doesn't chasten, according to the scriptures. You read it for yourself. And some of you know. For the Lord thy God brings you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, fountains, and depths that spring out of the valleys and the hills. A land of wheat and barley, vines, fig trees, pomegranates, a land of olive oil, a land of honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat the bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. And when thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he has given thee. You're to have a thanksgiving. Now, the warning though, beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandment and his judgments and his statutes which I command you this day, lest when you have eaten and are full and you've built the good houses and you're living in them and when your herds and your flocks have multiplied and your silver and gold is multiplied, all that you have is multiplied, then in your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And so the warning that your peril, the national peril will come not during the conquest, not during the development, but in the times of national prosperity, there are the real dangerous periods of the history. When you become strong, when you're possessing the land, when you have eaten and are full, when you have an abundance, when you have a healthy bank account, then you are in great danger, the danger of forgetting God, of no longer trusting in God. You no longer have to trust in God, you think, because now you've got a bank account. 
you think. Who knows? You know, they could, you could go to the bank tomorrow and they'd be locked. What would you do? We're not to trust in riches. We're to trust in the Lord. But a time of prosperity is a time of danger because the danger is that we may forget God. And we then are prone to attribute our success to something other than God. Well, it's because I was so diligent. It was because I was so faithful. It because I was so good. And we're prone to see the cause for the blessings to be something other than the true cause. It's because God is gracious and merciful. And God has given us the power. And God has brought us into this place. And we forget that it was God who did it for us. And we begin to think that we did it for ourselves. Or it was something of us. And we begin to give glory to something other than God for His wonderful goodness to us. And so beware, lest in the time of prosperity you forget God and you begin to attribute the success of the nation to something other than God, and thus you begin the evil practice of worshiping other gods. The gods of silver and gold. The materialistic gods of the world today. For it shall be that if you forget the Lord your God, and you walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, God said, I testify against you this day that you will surely perish. God said, I testify against you. You're going to perish. And the nations which the Lord destroyed before your face, as they perished, so shall ye perish, because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. So these solemn warnings as Moses, this 120-year-old man, is talking to the people who are about to go in now and conquer the land. I'm leaving you, fellas. My time is limited. He knew that the time had come. Man, he's, his time is up. He can't cross Jordan. God has told him that. And so he's, he's, he's giving them this final charge, final warnings, final instructions before he lays down his mantle and Joshua takes up and leads the people across Jordan into the conquering of the land that God had promised. So Deuteronomy becomes an important book in the history of the people. All of the warnings are here. As I said, you can never say that God didn't warn you. God is faithful. We a lot of times ignore the warnings. But God is faithful to warn us. And you have never fallen into any trap but what God warned you the trap was there. You've never stumbled except God warned you the stumbling stone was there. God is faithful to warn us. He warned them. He laid it out. 
even as he warns us. return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Deuteronomy on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Deuteronomy 7-8 through when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. Faithful to his word, faithful to his people, faithful to his promise. And if you will walk in his path of righteousness, you will know the blessings of the Lord. For they will surround thee and encompass thee like the air that you breathe. Oh, that men would walk with God and follow after him and commit their lives fully, totally to obey his will, to be pleasing unto him. May that be our commitment this week. Oh God, that my life might be pleasing unto thee in all that I do, in all that I say. Let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. And when I lie down, and when I get up, and when I sit, and when I am writing or wherever, may there be that consciousness of God and the talking of God and of His ways and of His goodness and of His righteousness that we might live in the continual presence, consciousness of the presence of God and thus be pleasing unto him. God be with you. Bless and keep you in his love and grace through Jesus Christ. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. As we look back over the roadmap of our lives, we often see the value of troubled times, personal trials, and even the experiences of pain or the death of a loved one. These are the building blocks that establish God's plan for us. It is with great honor that I'm pleased to introduce Pastor Chuck Smith's autobiography entitled A Memoir of Grace. 
you're invited to pull up a chair and listen as Pastor Chuck shares his personal story of how God's grace prepared him for life's purposes. Perhaps as you're reading this story, you'll be prompted to evaluate your own past, your present situation, and that which is yet to happen, and realize that it all plays a part in establishing God's plan for you. See God's grace at work in your own life when you order a personal copy of A Memoir of Grace by Pastor Chuck. God called me into the ministry and how God has just led us step by step. For more information on how to order your copy, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org or call toll free at 1-800-272-WORD.